Our gospel comes to us from the 12th chapter of Luke today. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I invite you to pray with me today. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort and a word of challenge, a word of hope and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft. Plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Well, I'm usually not a fire and brimstone kind of preacher, but today Jesus doesn't give me a lot of choice in the matter. I came to bring fire to the earth, he says. Jesus is bold and brash and, and uh, challenging this morning, and it's only like 11.15. <laughs> this isn't the let the children come to me, Jesus, or the blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus. This is the turning over the tables, Jesus. And as I was reading the text this week, I was imagining what the disciples must have felt like standing there as their eyes get big and they take a few steps back and say, eh, I'm going to sneak to the back of the crowd on this one, Right? In most gospel texts, even the challenging ones, we can usually find that nugget of hope, that spark of good news. Did you catch that in this morning's gospel reading? (laughs) If you did, come on up and I'll trade places with you today. It's tough, isn't it? It's especially tough in this text because here, Jesus appears to be saying things that seem to contradict what he says in other places. For example, in John chapter 10, he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In in Luke 4, he says that he was sent to this world to bring good news to the poor. And yet here he says fire and division. And yet in John 14, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And again in chapter 16, I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. So when we come across challenging texts like this, it's tempting to to pass it over and skip ahead to the the easier teachings of Jesus, but today we're going to, to dig into this one because here's the thing, in every part of the gospel, even this, Jesus has a word for us. Jesus has a word for us in our lives today. So I want to start with this challenging word at the beginning here, fire, fire. So often when we hear the word fire in biblical terms, we think of what? Punishment or torment, right? Destruction, the fires of hell, things like that. But but I'm going to let you in on a little secret this morning. The, 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 this association of fire when it comes to script and scripture as hatred or punishment, 
That's more of a cultural thing than biblical. I'll say that again. This association of fire and scripture as hatred and torment is more cultural than biblical. And, And what I mean by that is when you think about popular culture, TV, movies, books, things like that, we love to dramatize this this fire, hell, spiritual thing. It makes good entertainment. But this idea is only a small thread in scripture. More often, most of the time, fire is a little bit of a good thing. A dangerous thing, yes, but also a good thing because most of the time fire is associated with God and is purifying, is refining. It's a holy fire. It's revealing the passion, the power, the presence of God. I mean, you think about all the way back in Scripture, we see this again and again. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses climbs to the top of the mountain and he, uh, and he experiences God through the bush that was doing what? It was burning. It was on fire, right? And then a little bit later in Exodus chapter 13, it says that the Lord went before all of the people of Israel in a, as a cloud by day and in a pillar of what? Fire by night, protecting them, guiding them, lighting the way. And then in Acts chapter 2, after Jesus has, had ascended, the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles in what appeared to be tongues of fire. And it makes sense that fire would be associated with God, doesn't it? I mean, fire is essential for life. It's, it's, we use it for cooking, for warmth, for light. Fire can be beautiful. On winter evenings in Advent, we love to make a, a cozy fire in that fireplace and, and snuggle up around it, sitting with loved ones and just talking. I can think of little that's more peaceful in life than sitting out beneath the stars on a cool fall night around a campfire with good friends, just enjoying the wonder of it all. We connect around the fire. It helps us escape the mundane of our daily lives and and we start to find ourselves feeling connected to something deeper, something ancient, something holy when we sit around the fire with others. Can fire burn? Yes. Can fire destroy? Absolutely. But fire can also refine and purify, even bring new life. I'm always amazed when when we see the the destructive force of wildfires in the world, but, but then you hear these stories about certain plants that have adapted and actually need that fire to thrive and bring new life. There's I was reading this week, there's a type of uh, pine, uh, and they have what's called serotonous cones, and, and these pine cones are, are sealed tight with this, this strong resin, and the seed is actually bound inside this, and it can be there for years, either on the, the tree or in the ground, and it won't open until a fire comes that's hot enough to melt that resin and let the seed come forth and germinate and bring new life. You see, I don't think that the fire Jesus talks about bringing today is, is a destruction or punishment, but a, but a refining fire, a purifying fire, a holy fire. Will that be dangerous? Will that be painful? Maybe, but, but isn't true transformation in our lives always accompanied with struggle? If we want to become better versions of ourselves, become that, that person God created us to be, the kind of person living life to the fullest each and every day, that transformation requires the refining fire, burning away all the distractions, all the bad habits, all, all of the mistakes of the past and awakening a fire inside us to help us push through and become something new. And throughout all of this section of Scripture, this 12th chapter, I 
I think Jesus is trying to get people to take a step back and take a broader perspective. Look at the whole scope of your life and think about what really matters. Stop getting stuck in all the small stuff right in front of you and see the big picture. It's like he's challenging them and us to say, stop wasting your life on things that don't ultimately matter because when the end comes, when you look back at your life, what will you care most about? Will you look back and be able to say, I lived a life to the fullest. I lived a life that was burning brightly, that made an impact on the world and and on people's lives and the kingdom of God. I think the question Jesus is trying to stir up in us and in folks today is, are you living the life that God created you to live or are you settling for something less? See, when Jesus called you in your, in your baptism, Jesus called you to a, an extraordinary life, a life of purpose and meaning, a life of joy and wonder, but so often we, we stop short, we settle, don't we? I mean, think about it this way. Do you have any dreams inside, any, any holy dreams that you, you have in burning in your heart that you never quite chase all the way after? Do you have any burning passions that God has put inside you, but for some reason they never quite become realized? Why don't we? Why do we settle for so much less? Well, there are a lot of reasons we could go into, but one of them that Jesus highlights for us today is this community the people that we are surrounding ourselves with. You see, when God comes into our lives with this refining, purifying fire and reforms us, one of the biggest challenges in that moment can be uh, relationships, depending on who we've surrounded ourselves with. For example, I will never forget when I was uh, in Tanzania in college doing an extended study there and I got to meet with a Christian leader uh, in East Africa and, and he was sharing his story and, and he had converted to Christianity when he was younger. Uh, he grew up in a Muslim family there and that area was about 50-50 Christians and Muslims and, and his family didn't agree and so they basically kicked him out and hadn't talked to him since. And I think about stories I've heard from people in our culture and context today when maybe people change Christian denominations from one denomination or church to another. Sometimes there's family tension or struggle where people are looked down upon or, or, or uh, kicked out. When someone makes that decision uh, to finally overcome that addiction or that, those healthy unpractices in your life and you come to this newfound faith and dream for your life, it can be a struggle and you might find that you might lose some people who were once friends along the way, but it's worth it to chase after something better. I remember when I was myself in my 20s and Jesus became more than just a story to me, but, but Lord of my life, someone I knew I was going to follow daily, it changed my relationships. Some of my old friendships slowly drifted away that didn't really share that same passion. I even grew apart from some family members that had different values, but was it worth it? Absolutely. Because over the years through Christ, I've found richer, deeper, more life-giving relationships with people who share this passion for the kingdom of God and, and for Jesus, and I can't imagine my life without these people in it today, this cloud of witnesses. And I think this I think this is what Jesus is trying to get at in the text today. I I don't think Jesus is saying that he wants to see division in families or, or seeks to turn families against one another. I don't think that's what he's saying at all, but rather that sometimes the inevitable results 
of living the life God created you to live, of following Jesus, sometimes the result might be disruption or, or change or even loss of relationships. Which leads to another question. If, if you want to live the life God created you to live, if you want to stop settling for something less, are you surrounding yourself with people who will walk this path with you? Are you surrounding yourself with people who will walk this journey with you? And I think this is what we're hearing about in our Hebrews text today, being surrounded by that cloud of witnesses. And this, friends, this is why we don't do faith alone. This is why we are the church together. We do faith together. And that's why one of our core values at Good Shepherd that we're leaning into is belonging and why we work so hard toward realizing this dream of creating a place where everyone is known by others and knows others so we can inspire and encourage one another, so we can be brave and live that life Jesus is calling us to, a life of impact and purpose. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And I don't want to be a, a dim, wavering candle but a fire burning bright. And I want each and every one of us to know the joy of being that fire burning brightly in the world. How can we help one another to live into this dream, this challenge Jesus has for us? So here are three questions I want you to, to take, I encourage you to take with you this week to ponder this. First is, what is that fire that the Holy Spirit has placed inside you? What are those dreams God has put in your soul? And the second is, what is holding you back from going all in? And then the third question, how will you then surround yourself with people that will help you live the life God has created you to live? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to have a life that's lukewarm. I don't, uh, don't want to have a life that's simply comfortable or that settles. At the end of the day, I, I want to be able to look back and see that I lived life to the full, that I made a difference in the world because I joined with the work of God and striving for the kingdom, giving myself up for the sake of others. When I look back on my life, I want to know that I didn't do this alone, but, but it was with a great cloud of witnesses joining in this faith journey. I don't want to see a life that's dimly glowing, but a life that's on fire. And I hope that you hear Jesus speaking this word into your life today together because, because when we have a whole church living this kind of life, daring to live a life that's blazing with the love of God and God's mercy and, and sharing that out in the community, in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, there's no limit to what God can do. So, Lord Jesus, bring your holy fire into our hearts today. Will you pray with me? Lord, we pray for your refining fire to come into our lives, into our hearts, into our church today. God, awaken in us, uh, stir in us uh, the, the passions that, that you've created us for and help us to see where you are leading, where you are calling God, both on an individual level and collectively as your people at Good Shepherd. Help us to know where you're leading us and where you're calling us and to boldly follow you without fear, without distraction. Lord, we lift these things up to you and, and we thank you uh, for trusting us to partner with you in this holy work of building your kingdom here. In Jesus' name we give thanks and pray. Amen.